Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. I am thrilled to have a conversation with Karen Cataline. Karen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kim. Always great to talk to you. It's always good to talk to you as well. Uh, I tell you, your uh, let's get your website out there because you have so many important pieces. What is your website so people can check that out? Well, thank you, Kim. It's uh, KarenCataline.com. If you know how to spell my name, you'll find me and learn more about me than you ever want to know. So Karen is spelled the normal way, K-A-R-E-N. Cataline is spelled K-A-T-A-L-I-N-E.com. Okay. And by the way, I never heard that you had a foul mouth. As long as I've known you, I don't think you have a foul mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I try not to, but uh, yes, Jason, um, uh, I worked on a stock trading desk years and years ago, Karen, and and there was language from time to time that would make a drunken sailor uh, a blush, and that just was kind of one of the things that happened there. But uh, yes, hey, I've Kim, tried... I live with a... Sorry. <laughs> what? Sorry. Well, I've just tried ah. to be careful about it, but... Um, Anyway, we'll just I live with a truck driver, so it's okay. (laughs) Okay, good. But we won't we won't go down that road right now because this is so important. You have written this piece. Leftism is destructive to mental health. And uh, I didn't know this about you, that you were a former uh, practicing mental health professional and that you studied at Columbia University. So you know what you're talking about. Well, I'd like to think so. But then, you know, that's why they say practiced a clinician who practices. That doesn't mean that they get it perfect. And that's actually one of the points in my piece is that, uh, you know, I have an MSW, uh, which means master's in social work. So you're, you know, I'm one of the few conservative social workers you're ever liable to meet. And it's an art, not a science. So when you have someone in front of you who uh, is clearly hurting and trouble, needs help, whatever, it is not a fait accompli that you can either, and I just wrote another piece about predicting when someone is going to, God forbid, do a mass shooting. You can't do that. I mean, you might have some, some issues are more obvious than others. Some, some <clears throat> uh, uh, <laughs> to coin a phrase, red flags are more obvious than others. But in terms of what happened in Dayton and El Paso, um, People were diagnosing right and left without any kind of basis for that. Even if they said that he was a registered Democrat, and both of them apparently were. And that is significant, but it doesn't mean that you know exactly what was going on there. Uh, Any good mental health professional is going to interview, personally interview the person, get a family history, a social history, and all the rest. And... I use that as kind of a jumping off point to say that the collectivist diagnosis and the collectivist gross generalizations is really a cultural phenomenon in which the socialists, and we have avowed socialists today, are trying to encourage us to to make those kind of collectivist generalizations and so hopefully without making a collectivist well actually i am i i attack the ideology of leftism because leftism has a lot of things in common the ideology not the person or persons who subscribe to it and so i have a whole lot of bullet points about the tenets of socialism which if you look at it are are the very are some of the very root causes 
of or diagnoses of mental health and mental illness. The first one I'll just give you, <laughs> excuse me, because I don't want to um, go on and on. I want to hear what you think. The first tenet is a very obvious one. This, this cultural notion that we, there are all these victim groups, which mm-hmm. the left tries to lump everyone into victimhood, is really in now. Who can be the greater victim? It's like a victim, uh, a victim contest. And in order to make victim voting blocks, everybody's either a victim or a perpetrator. Well, victimhood is the very root of what? Paranoia, the persecution complex, everybody thinking, someone thinking everyone's after them. The dirty little secret about paranoia uh, is it's rage turned inward. I bet a lot of people don't know that. When someone thinks that someone's after them, all the time, and there is a clinical diagnosis of paranoia. Um, what what a lot of a lot of what's going on there is the anger and rage at others. It's so difficult for a person to to tolerate in themselves that they turn it backwards and they project their rage onto others as if they're the ones being persecuted. And I don't know. Doesn't that sound? just a little bit familiar culturally speaking well it, it does ab- it, it absolutely does and uh you know as we were talking about this in, and you mentioned ideology the socialist ideology and um the this whole thing on victimhood and then putting people into groups and it is important that when you see this ideology played out that everyday people don't do well uh, because uh, if uh, if you look mm-hmm. at Germany, Nazi st- uh, stands for National Socialist German Workers Party. And as we go through this, you, you mentioned victimhood, this important piece that you have. The next is poor impulse control coupled with continuous rage. And, and the next one is depersonalization. And, and I guess we need to go through all those. But I'm thinking about, you know, when you look at people at groups – then you depersonalize the individual, and then mm-hmm. it makes it easier. I mean, you look at a, pe- a person in a group, then it, then it's it's okay. It's an individual, or not an individual. It's a group, and I stand against this group, and then I attack this group. And you're seeing that play out mm-hmm. on the left on a consistent basis, Karen. Absolutely. And, and so, really, you know, one talk show host we know says liberalism is a mental disorder, but I think the ideology is a poisonous ideology that robs people of their free will, if they'll allow it, robs people of, of uh, individualism and their adult God-given rights. And if there are psychologically vulnerable people, which there always are, they're the first to fall prey to this ideology that says that their individual choice in the matter means nothing. I mean, when when you are angry at a group of people, and God forbid you start shooting them because they belong to a group of people, or if you're shooting if, if anyone, but if you're shooting people because of, of uh, well, as I say, the, the group they belong to, then that is also a gross generalization. The way that a good mental health professional, and of course 95% of mental health professionals mostly are liberals, particularly, uh, yeah, psychiatrists, psychologists, 
a good, good many of them are, what you try to do, for example, in the Me Too movement, which is fraught with uh, things that would exacerbate an already mentally unstable person, if you were hurt or assaulted by a man and you began to hate all men because of it, then a good mental health professional is going to encourage you to, in therapy, get angry at the person who hurt you and not grossly generalize to all men for the simple reason that if you go through life hating all men, it's really going to affect your future happiness. And so that's what good clinical work used to be all about, was about helping a person become uh, accountable for their own behavior and take responsibility for it. There's another one I don't even know if if I made it as clear on that piece as I'd like to have, which is this whole notion of being a uh, uh, being triggered and being a snowflake. Well, yeah, triggered comes right out of psychology, uh, but the difference is that a person who's doing heavy-duty therapeutic work who recognizes their triggers, the whole point is to take responsibility for those triggers and to lessen them in the public square and to know the difference. I'm writing a book now about boundaries, and to me it's all about boundaries, knowing where you end and another person begins. So if you're triggered, the worst thing you could ever do is to expect the entire culture to cleave to your triggers. Well, you know what? Let's go to break. This is such important information uh, because uh, leftism, I I do believe, is destructive to mental health. But I think that we can achieve good mental health. But we have to have these honest conversations that we're having right now about this, Karen. Let's go to break and we'll come back and continue on regarding uh, this important piece that you've written. This is Kim Munson. We'll be right back. Okay, let's continue on. You said the tenets of socialism. Let's get through all of these. They encourage victimhood, poor impulse control coupled with continuous rage, depersonalization. We talked about that. And I think you hit on this subjugation and eventual eradication of individualism and free will leading to a sense of fatalism, helplessness, hopelessness and clinical depression. And uh, so take it from there. Well, um. I mean, let me just say one word about that one, because when I, I have a bias, I have lots of biases, because I'm a commentator, so I have biases. And my bias, and I think you share it, is that freedom is a moral imperative. I do share when you that. Rob people, yes, when you rob people of their freedom, and they become helpless and hopeless, and they think that life is just, you know, they have no control of their own life. That's a reasonable thing to be depressed about. Now, there is a difference between depression and sadness, but that's a reasonable thing to be thrown into a depression, especially if you already are, have a pre, uh, you know, predisposition towards depression. Uh, so, so that's something that is core, a core tenant of socialism, is robbing people of their free will. They don't like free will. As I like to say, uh, the left likes things so long as they're mandatory or prohibited. So uh, the next one is emotional fragility and regression into childlike state, which we talked about with the snowflake. 
Um, that's what the, they want is is to regress adults. So they're dependent on the government. Uh, boundaries is a huge one. I, I mentioned eradication of boundaries, structure and accountability. You know, just to wax religious for a tiny second, um, we, we welcome being accountable to something greater than ourselves because that, that's one of the great wars is accountability to, to the state or accountable, uh, accountability to God. And that's why God and people who believe in God are a threat to socialists. Okay, just uh, I could say another hour on that, but I yeah. won't. Well, yeah. just and just a quick com- comment. I think that there sure. is something inherent in human nature to quote unquote maybe be accountable to something. And so, what you're seeing with this leftism that is is uh, radical leftism that's taken over the Democrat Party is now there is an accountability to the climate. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I just came up with that oh, one, I Karen. See, <laughs> I see. That's great. I love it. You and I have to have coffee. Yeah, you we know. do. Um, climate change to me is just an enormous, uh, to use the leftist phrase, social construct to affect and bring about more socialism. I don't believe that the people who came up with it even believe it. Well, if the, it's preposterous. Well, and it's if preposterous. they did, if they did, just think of all the people that were proposing that, how about they don't drive their cars, they walk and they bike. That's going to reduce congestion for the rest of us who want to go out and, you know, take our, our kids to soccer practice and create our businesses and all. Uh, and so if they really yeah. believed it, then they would be doing what they are trying to force everybody else to do. So they don't believe it. They know that it's not true. Socialists never do. And that's another thing. Socialists never, ever do what they tell others to do and what they expect others to do. Look at Bernie Sanders, the millionaire socialist. Look at most of Hollywood, the Hollywood elite, swimming in money and recognition and fame and everything else. And in order to assuage their guilt for all that, they have to feign this notion that, that they're more compassionate than everyone else. I mean, that's one of the deadliest things about socialism is it's wrapped in this faux compassion, which, which really tricks a lot of people. You know, if, if you get an email from a Nigerian businessman, you're smart enough to know that he doesn't want to hand you $10 million and he doesn't know who you are. But when a politician wants to hand you, you know, a living wage and he wants to give you free this and free that, and because they care about you, people want to believe that stuff. So that's our challenge, is to help people understand that this is a hoax. It well, really is. And Elizabeth Warren, you know, she talks about free college, but yet uh, she made uh, apparently $400,000 as a tenured pres- uh, professor at Harvard. If, in fact, she's serious about free college, if that's that important, then that somebody has to has to give up something to make something free. And so if she she wants free college. Yeah. And so and so to get into college. (laughs) True. True. (laughs) Sorry. It's just so much that is so amazing to, to watch. You know, well, and she didn't Um, she didn't work for free. So, Karen, let's get through. We're going to have to have you back because we're just getting short on time.
But you mentioned eradication of boundary structure and accountability. I, I really think that that started in the 60s with this leftism in America. Yeah. And we're seeing that now play out with no boundaries, no structure, no accountability. And I think that that is mm-hmm. one of the, the, the things about the mental health of our society that is being played out with these mass shootings. So uh, let's get through these other three quickly. Class envy. Talk a, just a little bit about that. Class envy and a sense of entitlement. Uh, and and that's purely for government dependence, which we sort of talked about. I'm going to have to add that one about snowflakes, but I alluded to it. Mm-hmm. Next one an inability to tolerate conflict and even a difference of opinion. I mean, if I had a client in front of me who, if I disagreed with them, they lost their mind, their hair went on fire, and they ran down to the Supreme Court and started pounding on the wall, you know, I might I might want to diagnose that person as being slightly unhinged, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the ability to tolerate differences of opinion goes directly to independence of thought and free will. And I think we're in the middle stages of imposing that. Again, I could go on for, with that one for a long time. The last one, black and white thinking as to race and a lot more, lumping people into all good and all bad groups. Now, when I was in social work school, we called this borderline personality disorder. It's interesting that the social work uh, principles have changed politically than when I was in in school. So I haven't read the, it's called the Diagnostical Statistical Manual. They're now on number six. So you know that mental health is an art, not a science. And social workers have traditionally been ultra, ultra left. Cloward and Piven were at my school when I was there. Yeah, yeah. I never took a class with them, but my best friend went there to take a, a, a class with Cloward. So I'd never heard the name, but I, as soon as I heard Cloward and Pivot, I went, Cloward? Cloward was at Columbia University School of Social Work, right? Wow. And the black and white thinking, yeah, really, it's pretty interesting. Um, and, and the black and white thinking where you lump everybody that everybody is either all good or all bad. All white people are bad and they're privileged. All black people are re- oppressed. Really? You mean like Oprah Winfrey? and and others yeah i mean this is nonsense but see it's all for a political agenda and that political agenda and there's only in my opinion uh, you know a much smaller group of leftist strategists who are throwing this out into the culture because i've never believed yeah well, hey, Karen, we are out of we are out of we're out of time, but we're going to have you back. This is really good stuff. So again, KarenCataline.com. That's KarenCataline.com. 